Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Well, Shalloners, before we begin, let's do our relaxation ritual, okay? We're going to inhale in through the nose and hold for a few seconds and release. One more time, this time focusing on dropping our shoulders, unclenching our jaw, breathing into the deep belly, and really just relaxing our body. So one more time, in through the nose, and out through the mouth. Because you know what I believe, in order to get the message into your brain, you gotta put your brain in a state of relaxation where it's receptive. And here we are, let's wake the mighty women. So our first question comes from Kristen, and she said, I met this guy, and we've been out once, and we made plans to go out again tomorrow. Great, right? However, he texts me today and asks if we can just be friends, because it, it was going too fast. Um, if anything, he was the one that kept bringing up dating, and I was the one thrown a little bit off. And here he is with the audacity to make me feel like I was moving things too quickly? Like, what? I really liked him, and I'm so confused, because... He was the one who seemed all in. We're still going to hang out tomorrow just as friends. I know this is a bad idea, but I was just wondering if you have some insight into what the hell happened. I'm so confused. I mean, I always have insight. This is what I do here. So look, you're right to be offended because this guy is not telling you the truth. He's not. I just want to be friends but still hang out means I found someone I want to fuck more slash seems more likely to put out, but I'd like to keep you on the hook as an emotional fidget spinner while I keep fuckboying around so that maybe when I'm drunk, I'll call you, but still have the out of, hey, I said I just wanted to be friends if you get confused. That's what that means. Do not, do not, do not hang out with him. I don't need any more friends. And you know what? Neither do you. Do not let yourself be this guy's plaything. We teach people how to treat us. And you just taught him that he can lie, right? Because he's not telling you the truth, but it's going too fast. That he can gaslight you, which he's doing. It's your fault. You're the one doing this. And be insulting. And what's his punishment for that? Oh, he still gets to hang out with you, get all of your attention, and call you up from like the B team when he needs more attention and an ego boost or a blowjob or a dry hand job. How is that acceptable to you? How is that your definition of friendship? Let's start there. Say you just are fine with being friends. You're not, obviously. Do you have friends who you call audacious and insulting and offensive? I don't. Not for very long anyway. So if you go further down this path, you're going to have to look yourself in the eye and be like, uh, yeah, you know what? I kind of did this to myself. I am apparently fine with this dynamic. I enjoy being a clown and a fool and someone's emotional plaything. I want you to say those words out loud, and then I want you to text those words to your friends. Because look, if you're going to be a clown, be a clown. Lean ass into it. Get a red nose and a curly rainbow wig and be like, this is me now. But I bet you that you don't enjoy saying those things to yourself or to anyone else. 
So why do you accept feeling them, right? We have got to stop being okay with feeling something we refuse to put a name to because that's how it continues. Monsters live in the dark. And so if you're going to engage in a behavior, you got to go all in and you got to wear it loud and proud and see how that sits because I've got a feeling it's not going to sit well. Okay. So Caitlin submitted this. She said, I've known this guy for two years. Shit happened. It started fine, but I grew feelings for him. He began to only treat me sexually. He encroached on my boundaries. And when I tried to move on, he would interfere. Then he said he began to like me. Like a friends with benefits thing started again. I stopped it. He would pressure me for sex though. I was done with his baloney though. So I blocked him and he grew very obsessive and made my life basically hell. I unblocked him and things have improved. However, he'll fight with me when I go out, hook up with people, whatever. Part of me doesn't want to hurt him, so I still feel under his control. How do I let go of him emotionally and practically? So the thing that stood out to me most in this message is that like needs to change is that the idea that you will hurt him if you protect yourself from this fuckery. Number one, boundaries only hurt the people who benefited from you having none at all. Boundaries don't hurt people on the inside of them, right? An electric fence doesn't hurt the rancher. It hurts the cattle thief. And number two, girl, you can't hurt him. You cannot hurt him because he sees you as a possession, not as a person. And I know that's hard to hear, but war is about knowing someone's enemy, right? And you need to walk in the light of the truth on who this dude is. By your own admission, evidence has proved that he's disrespectful, possessive, jealous, and demeaning. That is not love. That isn't friendship, right? That isn't a boss-employee relationship. That isn't a parent-child relationship, right? It's an abusive relationship. Every woman who's ever been beaten up by her boyfriend or her husband or whatever has used these same adjectives, disrespectful, possessive, jealous, demeaning. So here we are. But you know what? That was actually their boyfriend. That was actually their husband. You don't even have that. Like, let's be real here. You have a guy who is giving you only the downside of an abusive relationship without actually having a relationship. You would see a friend doing this to you and be like, uh, no, fuck off. So don't permit it and don't normalize it with a man. The writing is on the wall with this guy because remember, future behavior is past behavior, right? The biggest indicator and predictor of future behavior is their past behavior. He doesn't want to change. He isn't trying to. So if you keep allowing this chaos, that's exactly what you're going to get. Don't set up a circus and wonder why it's full of clowns. And you're going to have to look yourself in the face and say, I am choosing this and I have no right to complain. That might be a theme for today's episode. I am choosing this and I have no right to complain. That's not a fun conversation to have with yourself. So do the hard thing. Block, delete, expel. No more dramatic conversations, no more closure. We give ourselves closure, okay? Do not reach out to someone toxic under this flimsy guise of, well, I need closure. No, girl, you just want to talk to him again, either because you enjoy the circus and you're bored in the rest of your life, or because you love him and you're hoping there's going to be a different outcome. Either way, if you enjoy the circus, you need to get right with yourself about what else is going wrong in your life that you're using this as a distraction. Or if you think it's going to be different, Go back to that future and past behavior thing I just told you. Feel free to rewind this. You can tap on your phone. It goes back 30 seconds. It's right there, right? Just put up the walls, start the healing process. It's time to be sad in service of growth and healing, not just sad with no end and no reward.
So, Jilly says, I'll jump right in. I am a mess. I don't know how to date properly. It's like I want to be in a loving relationship and just be accepted for who I am. But at the sight of it, I literally, no joke, feel like puking and want to run away. I developed this overwhelming ick that you talk about. And this could be Shawn Mendes in front of me. It doesn't matter. I notice everything strange and weird about them. And the thing is, everyone will be underwhelming at some point, but I become so unattracted to them, like immediately. Then once the same person starts to neglect me, oh, only then do I start valuing them. I feel like it's disgusting to see me for who I am. I want to stop chasing neglect. Wow. I want to stop chasing neglect. Let that phrase sink in. Isn't that interesting? Do we chase neglect in our life? I probably have. You probably have. And we've talked about this before. We chase things that feel familiar. Not things that make us happy. Things that feel familiar. And ideally, yes, happy is familiar, right? But maybe our parents didn't make us exactly feel happy. Maybe the bullying we endured in elementary school or something has made that normalized. But listen, I know where Jilly's coming through or coming from. I used to be the same way. Give me a man, but I would get like repulsed instantly. I would do the same thing. Like, is that the way he ties his shoes? I'm going to be sick. It's a two-part problem. It's expectations and self-worth. So number one, I think you're romanticizing and mythologizing what love looks and feels like, you know? And that's bolstered by a celeb fixation. You know, like she's she's like, it could be Shawn Mendes. You know, and we latch onto celebs when we kind of want something that's more perfect and seems more less attainable. But if we did attain it, it would be without all of these downsides that regular guys are, right? And I think, like I said, we have an unrealistic expectation of what love feels like. We think it should be this insane wave that just crashes over you. I'm in love. Everything's wonderful. Yes, I mean, you definitely feel like that. You feel in love and you feel like everything is wonderful. But healthy love, you still notice those bad things and you log them as data points, you know? And maybe those data points are crucial. Maybe they're not. Maybe he ties his shoes all weird. And it's actually not that big of a deal. But hey, maybe he's rude to waitresses. And you're like, that's indicative of a very large personality flaw and misogyny. I'm going to log that a little bit larger here on this map. Right? But like, we don't... So, okay. Okay. We think things will look like a Disney movie. And when people are invariably human, we're so deflated and disappointed. And that means we're using guys as an emotional getaway car, right? We don't want a true connection because connections aren't always 100% fun and perfect. I mean, look at friendships and how variable they are. We get annoyed with our friends. We're like, she's so weird. Why is she biting her nails like this? She's chewing on the end of her hair again. I can't with you. But like, we know that friends are going to sometimes disappoint us. Friends are going to be annoying. We don't maybe want to spend 24 hours a day, 365 with somebody. They're going to get on our nerves. And that's okay because we've become acclimated to friendships over the course of, you know, 20, 30 years, right? And we don't have that with dating. We don't start to date at age five. I mean, I would have. I was so boy crazy. <laughs> Joe Clater, oh my God, still in love with you. Still in love with you, Joe. June Holy, I will take you back any day. Love you. I say back like we dated. Really hope you guys don't know these people. Anyway, anyway. But when we have this overly glossy view, it means we want someone to save us from ourselves and our self-esteem, which brings me to point number two, self-worth. You wouldn't hate it when people see you, 
if you liked you. I love my personality. So when someone sees the true me, even if I make a dorky joke, who cares? I'm excited. Let them look. And if they don't like it, if they don't like me, well, fuck them, whatever. I know my value. So if someone else doesn't, then that's their issue and their shortcoming, not mine. You walk into a high-end luxury store, you walk into Gucci, right? And there's always going to be, like, picture picture Gucci. Picture Gucci in Paris. This is the most beautiful Gucci store you can imagine. And you have these two white trash American tourists, okay? One has a t-shirt that says, I'm with stupid. The other one says, make America great again. And they just come lumbering in. And they start touching all the furs. They start touching the beautiful leather bags. And they're like, who in the hell would pay for this? this? What am I looking at? These fashions are stupid. I want to go back to Florida. Now, do you think the people who run that store, they're like, oh my gosh, we should close the shop. Look, they don't like it. They think it's stupid. Oh my God. All right, no, we close. No, we close now. Close the shop. I am done. Pierre, we are done. No. They're like, get the fuck out of our store. If you can't see the value here, that's your problem. Well, we're a Gucci bag too, ladies. We have a value and a worth independent of what some fucking hillbilly assigns to us, right? I have a worth and I have a value that has nothing to do with how other people decide. Nothing to do. I'm not a stock that fluctuates here and there based on gossip, based on rumors, based on the will and the whims of the mob. My value is a fixed point. And you know who decides that value? I do. And I display that value by doing this exact thing, kicking people out of my store. That's how you become a luxury brand. You can go into the Dollar Tree and do that shit. No one's going to ask you to leave. That's the Dollar Tree. You go into Gucci, you go into Chanel YSL, they're going to politely escort you out. So you got to decide what you are. Are you an emotional Dollar Tree? Or... Are you an emotional YSL? Are you an emotional Balma? My favorite brand in the world. It has taken me, though, a very long time to get here. <laughs> like, this, this was not how I felt about myself or whatever, like, right out of the gate. It has been a huge focus on goal setting and goal achievement, charity, following and developing passion projects to build up my self-worth and confidence, all of these things. It's not like a wave that washes over you. Remember we were talking about how love isn't like that? Self-love isn't like that either. No love is like that. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Because right now you're pushing people away so that they don't reject you. So that they don't reject you first, basically. Then lashing out to hang on to them when they actually do leave. Because deep down, of course you crave that connection. Of course you want to be seen and understood and valued. So you're bluffing and people are calling your bluff. And you're like, wait. So you got to start with yourself. You got to like yourself because otherwise you're not going to have any healthy attachments and you won't be looking for actual connections. The boys we date and the dynamics there are merely a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. Dina submitted this question. She says, there's a girl at my work and a lot of the guys that I like, like her. We were at our Christmas party and all the guys who would usually flirt with me were all over her. I'm shyer than she is, but it's just so frustrating. I get that she's really confident and she's known for sleeping around. Like, I don't judge her for it, but I just don't get why all the dudes are into her. Like, even this one guy that I really fancy, he didn't really speak to me all night and he was trying to speak to this girl. It pissed me off so much. How do I pick myself back up from this? Well, I think that this kind of underscores what we talk about a lot on here, which is confidence is king. Like... If you say, I get that she's confident, but it's like what you're really saying on the other end of that is like, but who cares? 
uh, well, almost everyone cares. Like confidence is king. And confidence doesn't have to be real in order to be effective. You can fake it. You fake it till you make it, you know? But look, look, let's say that it's not the confidence. Let's say that they know about her reputation as kind of a loosey-goosey good, good time girl. In this case, it's not that these girls, these guys find her attractive so much as they find her available. And that's no compliment. Any guy who goes after a coworker is first and foremost lazy. And girl, you are too. You are too. Like if you're going after people in your immediate work environment, let me tell you what's going, let me tell you what you're not doing. You're not fucking working. You're at work. I don't care if you work at Panera. You're at work to advance yourself, not to get laid. That's what bars are for. That's what parties are for. That's what Tinder's for. That's what mixers are for. That is not what your job is for. And that's coming from me who loves boys, loves to be a hoe, loves it. But I am like a machine set to money when I am at work, right? But this dude is lazy. All of these dudes are. Guys like this who hit on the coworkers, they, it's like they need an all-in-one buffet of getting their needs met. Partner, work, flirtation, fun, all in one building. Healthy people know the boundaries are important and they don't want that overlap. Like Jim and Pam from The Office are my idea of hell on earth. It's the most dysfunctional relationship I can imagine. Can you imagine what would happen if you like, you know, did have all of these guys slobbering all over you? This is your ego getting caught up in this, okay? But this, these are the kind of dudes you're dealing with. Lazy dudes who, yeah, therefore it makes sense that they would be enticed by a girl who doesn't seem like there's too much effort required to get next to her. So again, don't let your ego get caught up in this. It's nice to be wanted, obviously. I always play like little micro beauty pageant. Am I the prettiest girl in the subway car? La la la. But so often, we're like a dog chasing a car. What would happen if we actually caught it? What if they all did want to date you. Now that's a hellscape, right? You'd fuck over your entire career. You, your job wouldn't be a job, it'd be high school, right? Because when a romance goes sour, guess what? Management sides with the men. And at the very least, you are super distracted and off your game. And then also, if things go sour, you get to come to work and sit inside your breakup. There's no escape. You have the anxiety and the tension of being around your ex all the time. What fun. So like, what are you really chasing here? We always have to like step back and ask ourselves that when, especially when our ego is involved, it's like, well, what am I really after here? Just an ego boost? Compliments? Look, you got to give that to yourself. You got to do other things in your life where you're getting those ego needs in a healthy way that don't involve your business. Because clearly this has gone just beyond like, well, I like to flirt, whatever. Like you're twisted about this. You're paying to ask me a question about this. So that means you got to step back and refine and be like, where else can I get this need met? Because you don't need this pack of lazy, ball-licking dogs to validate that for you, you know? Give self-worth as a gift to yourself. So Lily said this. She said, I love you. Well, thank you. I love you too. My problem is my mind, meaning I spend a lot of time fantasizing about other people, mostly celebrities. I don't like hear voices or see things. I just pretend to be these people in my head. I know it's a mechanism of escape from reality. I started when I was in elementary school. My dad got sick and then he died when I was 12. I'm 26 now and I want to do more with my life. I have a job, but I still live with my mom. One therapist suggested that I distract my mind with other things, but the other one suggested that I use these delusions in my favor. I feel addicted because I don't know how to stop. So this is a very common reaction to trauma. 
we create walls and rooms in our mind where things don't hurt and we retreat to those places for respite. And those rooms can be filled with a lot of different things. Drugs, alcohol, random boys, obsessive crushes, toxic friendships, and yeah, celebrity fixations. Who better to embody than people who don't, who seem to embody glamour, carefree confidence, sex appeal, and imperviousness to the banality of life. But trust me, girl, that is not the reality of being a celebrity. If anything, they have more problems, not less. We do something dumb or embarrassing, like who cares? You know, it happens in a vacuum. A celebrity does it. It's on the Daily Mail an hour later. I know a lot of celebrities and like, look, it's not like I am one, but I do do a job that's in the public eye. So I experience some of the same downfalls. Not like the, I don't get the upsides like the private jets and like the private islands. That's okay. But at the end of the day, money and fans don't really fix that many emotional problems. You know, I can't buy a boyfriend and my fans are my actual friends. You know, like how weird would it be if I was like texting you guys my real life problems like I would be texting my actual good friends? That would be weird. It might be cool at first, but then you'd be like, what's wrong with her? Well, there you go. <laughs> a lot. So when you feel yourself spiral like that, take a step back. Give a name to this fixation. We have to name our stress. A name that you don't like, like Crystal or something, you know, whatever. A girl I hated in elementary school was named Crystal. Separate the thoughts you're having from the you that's having them. So that when you spiral, you pause and say, Okay, that's the crystal brain doing that. That's not the lily brain. The lily brain is smart and whole and happy and makes good choices. So crystal, okay, thanks for the suggestion to fixate on Kylie Jenner for three hours, but I will pass on that. And then your therapist was right. You do have to keep yourself busy. Hobbies, working out, setting career goals, volunteering. Stay so busy that you don't have time to obsess. Don't leave room for that. Because once you fill your life with positive things, you don't need to inhabit the persona of anyone else. You'll like where you are. You don't need to retreat to other rooms. You will like your own real estate. And then you address the trauma of losing your father with a therapist. Working through the loss of a parent as someone, I have lost my father too, it it really can feel overwhelming. Like this abyss of despair you're going to fall into and never get out of. But I promise you, it's not. Like I promise. You know, none of this is going to change and your life is going to stay stuck as in like literally stuck at home with your mom until you pull out that psychological splinter and start the process of healing. So Rayanne said this, she said, I'm in 11th grade in an all girls school. I love your videos and they've given me knowledge beyond my years. I'm physically confident and intellectually mature for my age. I don't want a relationship. I mean, high school boys are just the worst. I do, however, feel like hoeing while I'm a hot, horny teen. (laughs) Any hoe tips? I'd like to know Queen Shallon's input on pursuing one-time hookups and having hookup buddies in high school. I do have standards and hookups are purely physical. I won't give my body to some like gross boy. They gotta be hot. But I need a dominant man too. I'm a bad bitch so I can get it. How do I be seen as sexy and not pretty? So there's a lot to unpack here. Look, I love the whole life. But like I said during Evil Week, the key to strategy is to know your opponent, but more so know yourself. Because the whole life can be absolutely catastrophic if you don't have realistic expectations for what it will do to you and due to your social life, because it will do things. And spoiler alert, it's not going to do positive things. It's just not. The first main concern is, is this what you truly want? 
I used to be in the same boat, totally wanting to slut it up. And partly, yeah, I'm just kind of boy crazy. But looking back, a huge aspect of that desire was I thought I was behind. I thought I was behind everyone else and I had to like eat guys two at a time to catch up. You know, like I really just had to dive right in and, and make up for this perceived lost time. Look, you're not behind. Every single girl your age feels behind. Fuck, every single girl my age feels behind. You know, we're always comparing ourselves. I went, I hung out with my high school friends like when I was back home a few weeks ago and I was low key like dreading it. I was like, wow, I can't wait to show up and tell everyone I've got no car, no dog, no husband, no children. I live in a studio apartment, but I have a quarter million friends on the internet. And I just felt like I, I was so behind. I'm like, look at all of these boxes that I haven't checked as an adult. And I was talking to one of my friends there, a girl who has checked every one of those boxes more. Vacation house, they have a boat. And she's like, I just feel like I'm so behind because I don't have the career that you have, Shallon. And I was like, can you say that again? <laughs> can I get you to write that down on a piece of paper? But that's the point. It's like, no matter where you're at, we as human beings, especially in this digital world, we're constantly seeing what other people are doing, constantly seeing their perceived glorious life and their perceived achievements, never their fail their failures. How do we not compare, you know? But look, you're totally on schedule, okay? If what you really want is to be liked and popular, let me tell you, girl, the whole life is going to do the opposite. I promise you. Unfair as this is, the big problem with the whole life is what it does to your reputation. Like I somehow managed to keep it together during high school and college. I guess I just wasn't that cute, I don't know. But once I got into the real world, it, I mean, it was on. I was, I jumped into whole life with both feet and a pack of plan B. That's because I wasn't living in the fishbowl of school anymore. So my actions kind of happened in a vacuum, you know? But your social reputation doesn't really exist anymore as an adult. Or if you slut around a group of friends or a scene and you can just leave it and move on. But you know what? Actually, I say that and like, I was like a big hoe in like the the emo scene, like the scene stir, like hipster scene. Not a big hoe. Well, I probably was a big hoe. And I remember when I got married, people from that scene, they were like, you? You are getting married? I'm like, yes, Mary Magdalene is taking a husband. Like, are you serious with this? But it's like, I say that I could leave it behind and that no one notices, but they did. And I was a full grown ass adult, which I should have been free of those kind of consequences. But that is simply not the reality of being a woman. It isn't. Believe me, I know it's unfair. But look, not, not recognizing or choosing to learn the rules of the game doesn't mean you win the game. If you wander out onto the field during the Super Bowl with like a golf club trying to hit the football around, they're not going to be like, you know what? This dude, yeah, they know what they're doing. They're going to be like, get the fuck off the field. You don't know how to play this game. You don't win. You don't get the trophy. Go, right? Life is like that. Dating is like that. Socialization is like that. But let's... Let's accept the fact that it is a lot better when you're an adult. When you're in, in college and high school, I mean, you, you are in that fishbowl, you know? One thing I've learned is that the label people slap on you as a teenage girl or a college girl, it can last for a lifetime. People start to call you a slut, you start to live that label. It is, this has been scientifically proven. Like people have done studies on this. This isn't a lie. And that can affect decisions and patterns for years to come. Oh, he's texting me at 2 a.m.? 
And some part of your brain's going to be like, yeah, you're the slut from high school. Of course you're going to answer. Of course you're going to answer. What am I going to hold out for a good dude? I'm just a slut from high school, right? And you don't need a lot of people to call you a slut for that to stick and to worm into your brain. You just need one important person. Whether they're important to you, whether they're important to the social structure of wherever you are, just takes one. And I'm not saying you have to live your life in fear of having some dipshit call you a slut. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But Because like, who cares? Really, like who cares? Live your life and do what works for you. But listen, when I say what works for you, I mean works in all categories. Not just what works for you on a random Saturday night. What's going to work for you for the rest of your time at this school? What's going to work for you for the rest of your time as a woman? How are you going to feel if this doesn't exactly pan out? If this kind of backfires? right? If word gets out and he starts talking to everybody and there's some Snapchat nudes and those get around, are you going to be like, I don't care? Of course you're going to care. Everybody would care. It's ridiculous. So maybe what you want is a boyfriend. Because look, 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 you said high school guys aren't fit to date, right? But they are fit to have unfettered access to your body? What? This is like saying, hey, We're not going to hire you for this position because you're stupid, but we would love to just send you paychecks. What? I don't think so. If they're not good enough to go on a date with, they are not good enough to have access to your pussy. Can we all agree on this? I hate that word. It's gross. But literally, literally. Oh, you don't want to hear him talk, so you're just going to blow him to shut him up? How? What? What kind of punishment is this? So think about this long and hard, because once you cross the threshold of that reputation, you cannot put the genie back in the bottle. It is very difficult. You can, but it takes years and it's unfair. And then you start modifying your behavior so inorganically to try to like combat this reputation that it's like, man, what was, ugh, what was all this for? But you know what? I understand you get a bee in your bonnet, you get an idea in your head. You just want to do it. Okay. If you're going to fuck around, fuck around, right? Ho in other schools. Ho in other towns. Have hoes in different area codes. There's a reason Ludacris came up with that. It's smart. And for now, ho needs to be defined as kissing. No one's going to call you a slut too badly for making out, right? But once penises are involved, you may as well be doing anal on camera. You know, the rumor mill will be in overdrive and you will be powerless to combat it. So think about really what you want. If this, if you want companionship and if you want a boyfriend, that's okay. Not all high school guys suck. I mean, come on. Everyone I knew in high school had a boyfriend. Not me, of course, but <laughs> they do. Because if you get the reputation as the town bicycle, it's going to be really hard for you to come back from that and cultivate a boyfriend. So start with the boyfriend thing. Start with dating. I want to meet someone I have a connection with. I want to meet someone I want to have conversations with. Then think about getting the body involved. Because like I said, once you cross that cross that threshold, it's very difficult to cross back. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.